This podcast is brought to you by UK Coaching, here for the coach. Visit ukcoaching.org to grow your coaching skills and be part of the community. Hi, uh, welcome to podcast on Crucial Conversations. I'm joined again by Gordon McClellan from Working With Parents in Sport. Gordon, when we last met, we discussed the idea of the importance of of crucial conversations and you often talk a lot about those becoming difficult if you don't have the right conversation at the right time. So thanks for agreeing to come back and, and sharing your insights on that. Just from a coach's point of view, just, just give us an example of why you think those conversations are so important and why they have to be right. Look, I, I, I personally think, Chris, that this is one of the most difficult things in the, the coaching role you know delivering of of probably when we talk crucial conversations yes some of them are going to be positive but actually the ones that cause the biggest amount of angst are the delivering of bad news to to athletes and parents and it's you know it's not an easy time for anyone um and also i just feel that that coaches you know we spend a lot of time in our training don't we being trained on the technical and tactical side of things but actually there's a real skill to being able to deliver these bad news and or or having these crucial conversations and planning planning routes forward for all parties and you know we need to be aware of ourselves and be as professional and as understanding as we possibly can be on this i've heard previously which having a particularly and we often talk with young people about difficult conversations you framed it then often we're talking about uh, non-selection or um, for for a team or deselection from a pathway or an opportunity and one of the things that they talked and i heard and remember is that there's no such thing as a full stop and i think you hit on the nail on the head then it's it's about where's the next step and the pathway and i think the crucial thing is that when we're having those conversations is how we are clear what the person is hearing so if we're going to have a, a difficult conversation that what are the things that you would plan prior to that conversation yeah, I think I think we can do uh, a lot of the groundwork before these conversations sort of well in advance. And I think if we, particularly in pathways and in, in football academies, for example, I think if we're being proactive in our communication and, and providing regular feedback along the way, along the journey, I think that the element of bad news or the shock of the bad news which often can cause so much angst and difficult poor reactions and and whatever we've sort of paved the way and i think that we also if we know there's a problem coming up or we see a problem brewing that we actually give the uh, athlete the opportunity to make improvements in that area before we just deliver you know the bad news immediately to the parents because i think a lot of parents i think you'd get this in a in a school environment as well and say oh well you know your child's struggling with this and it's because they can't you sometimes feel as if saying well i wish you'd said something to us about this because we could have maybe spent some time and invested in in trying to make those bits bits better i think the difficult thing particularly we're talking about Releasing, non-selection, deselection, changing and transitioning out in and out of environments. The difficult piece is when it comes to the shock, as you said. So I think the importance of communicating to both the athlete and the parent on a regular intervals means that they, to some extent, it's not such a shock. And whilst it might be crushing not to be selected for a county team or a, uh, the next stage of a pathway or even at an international level, 
the reality is if if the coach has been communicating regularly and providing me with pointers about areas that I need to improve on and the things that my child needs to work on and things that they believe they're not seeing often enough, then actually, whilst it still hurts, the reality is that I knew something was coming. And I think crucially, like you said, um, making sure that there's opportunity and time for the the athlete, the young person, to actually try and correct what you want. It's not giving them the news at the very end, almost saying, well, if you'd have done this, this, this and this, you would have stayed in and, and they weren't even aware of it. So I think that's that's quite a quite a big thing for me. Um, and I think there, Chris, as well, the other one is that if we give parents the time and we maybe prepare them for what may be coming, it gives them the opportunity to talk with their child at home and create an environment and, and plan at home that allows everybody to move forward positively rather than being sort of caught on the hoof. Definitely. And I'm just going to say that I think one of the things that certainly from my experience is when you do a national programme, a national camp, and, and certainly when I worked full-time rugby league, and one of the things, when I led that pathway, I would stand in front of 80 parents, and the reality is at the end of the week, 40 of them thought it was fantastic because their child would be identified to continue on the pathway, and another 40, that would be the, they would be moving back to another environment. And and certainly framing that there's an experience that, that you know, decisions have to be made, and it's very difficult, as you know, in pathways. And, Tucker talks about the, the money ball side of um, selection and uh, how do you pick 40 and who and there was a difference between 40 and 41. And I think if it's really clear from the beginning about what the pathway experience is and the reality of it, that's important. But crucially, what does that individual need to do to show improvement to come back in? And I think one of the things from a, from a coach point of view, whilst we find it very awkward, and you said that difficult, we shy away from it, and what we don't do is do the critical things about connecting the athlete back into this is what you what we'd like to see in order to move forward and we will be keeping an eye on you it's not forever it's just part of the journey yeah and I, and I think particularly with younger athletes I think that this is more and more important and, and I think around football academies where and and certainly as we know over the last 10 years even though there's a greater awareness about it now we're funny we're about to release a blog on the site about you know going back to the relative age effect but i think things around that where children may be struggling physically but we know as coaches that in two or three years actually they could be really really good but at that point in time we have to pick who's the best then i think we need to enhanced parental understanding of, of the whole sort of sporting development process and as you say keep those doors open that's a really interesting challenge that you know sort of from a pathway point of view selecting on current performance rather than potential i think one of the challenges is a lot of coaches talk about potential but then they do select on current performance and, and that might be outside their control within the pathway system that yeah but i think it's really important that you're very honest and open about that. If you're somebody who talks about potential, and then you tend to pick potentially the early mature, physically bigger, stronger, performing young player at the age of 13, 14. It sort of sends a bit of a mixed message to the point about talking about potential. That's not to say that somebody who's born early in the year or somebody who's matured early or somebody who's showing high technical ability and tactical awareness at a young age, isn't going to carry on and be a great player. There are plenty of examples of that. But just to to say that potential is 
is as important, if not more important, but then you tend to select on performance. So that goes back to your early earlier podcast really about communication, which is about being consistent to the to the philosophy that you say. And people will hold you to account with that. And I, I, I certainly can think of two or three conversations I've had with coaches where part of the difficult conversation they've had is they weren't clear in what they were looking for or what they said and, and, and players, older players, I'm talking 19, 20 year old players, have come back and challenged them on that. And certainly parents have been quite upset that they felt that it was a different message. And well, that links back to something I think is important when you're having crucial conversations. Sometimes it's a crucial conversation that needs to be had because if you leave it any longer, and that, you know, you've heard me talk about the arc of distortion, the longer we leave a conversation, the bigger the sweet mod is challenging for us. Bigger the gap gets between the arc, and then the more difficult it is to rescue it. Yeah. On that particular piece, there, from a conversational point of view, if we don't um, clear on our expectations, then we just leave ourselves very open to being challenged. So, linking to your communication plan is um, crucial. Conversation should link back to things that I've already mentioned. Yeah, all, all the time, and 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 then, as you say, actually living those values and making sure your behaviors reflect the messaging that you're giving giving across because lots of the issues in this piece is is the inconsistent messages that we give to parents and it, it becomes confusing for them but look it's not an easy piece i mean you and i've have spoken lots and lots about this and this was one of the reasons we we set up working with parents in sport because a lot of these topics relative age effect early developers late developers different things around the whole sporting journey we haven't been able to put it into a context that that parents really understand and can relate to and buy into and and that's been one of the biggest challenges i think and i think it's really easy to from a coaching point of view to 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 say that actually i'll leave it to somebody else and i think i shared with you once before that i talk a lot about pathway around what is it I'm looking for? Yes, we are looking for physical capability. We're looking for technical and tactical development. I'm looking for somebody who's a well-rounded individual. That's the holistic development. We talk to parents and we talk to athletes a lot about commitment, hard work, being honest, putting maximal effort in. But we need we need to make sure that we message that as well and we ha- we identify that. And in particular, when we're feeding back, feeding back you know positively in that situation as well and, and not not ignoring that and, and sometimes personally to me we have to make sure that we're, we're picking it's really easy to pick the big physical specimen but sometimes their values and behaviors don't model what i'm asking yeah, and, and, and you know what I, I don't think anybody does that deliberately and we've probably all been guilty of that at some some stage in our own in our own coaching and i think that shows the need to actually just spend that that bit of time to reflect and I, I hope these sort of couple of podcasts we're doing will will sort of help people with the sort of first stages of that definitely i mean even back to you know to share i'm deselected a, a player going to a to a world cup actually to to a senior player and, and i actually made the decision based on a combination of things but the, the biggest factor was around the if you like the behaviors and the values and and then not following through on commitments and effort and that was a very difficult conversation at the time but i text them best of luck when i had finished coaching with that team and um, they actually texted me back saying i needed i needed to experience that 
to realise how much I cared about the sport and to make me knuckle in. So sometimes, difficult, well, every time, a difficult conversation is a learning opportunity and a learning conversation. Whilst it might be difficult for us at that moment, the benefit for the athlete can be significant later on. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think just, you know, because obviously the, the, we're running short of time on this, I think the, the sort of final, I guess, few bits around this. So I guess is if we, we're approaching these difficult conversations, we, for me, we need to think about three things. We need to think about the planning of what we're going to say to parents. And we need to prepare our messages, have examples and facts to support what we're saying. You know, we need to give parents time to reflect and consider their options. We need to make ourselves available to plan the next stages, recommends where we can go next to the parents for sources of more support and feedback. And I think we should always be providing a summary and written version of conversations or at least, you know, keeping track of the conversations that we've had. So the planning of, of these conversations are really important. One that often comes up for us, Chris, is also the environment that that we have these conversations in lots of parents. We'll talk about it in the parents meeting one about not liking things set up like a lecture theater because they feel like they're going back to school. But I also think if we're delivering one-to-one to athletes and parents that we need to think about where we're delivering these conversations and it needs to be a suitable room which allows everybody to look and speak to each other, perhaps not being across a desk because again, that, that gives that sort of feeling of hostility and that that us and them. So even how we structure the structure the room is really important and making sure that, you know, we're not disturbed during the meeting because I think that that affects the the, the flow of the conversation between both parties and it it shows that it's maybe not that important, even though that's not the message we're obviously trying to get across to the parents. And then you mentioned one to me about still this medieval type of selection where there could be 40 people in a room and 20 are told to go through that door and 20 are left and the 20 who've been gone are saying well you're no longer in it and the 20 who are sat here you've done it well you know we know that thankfully those sorts of selections are becoming less and less frequent but i think we need to make sure that where we have the talk that the parents then don't have to walk back through lots of other parents who are maybe in a different boat or parents who maybe know the the bad news that they've been delivered because it, it it just makes it makes it very uncomfortable and then just the communication itself on this chris that make sure everybody's at the same level in the room uh, ensure we've got adequate time that we've create created a connection that we're making eye contact and we're not looking at the floor you know, we need to be courteous, we need to show some empathy, we need to use language that parents can understand as well. You know, it's no good baffling them with coaching science and, and everything that, that goes with it. And silence is okay in those conversations as well, Chris, we, you know, we've all got to sit comfortably with silence while people are processing the information. And we shouldn't feel that we have to fill the gaps. And, and most importantly, that we need to make sure that by the end of the conversation that parents have understood what what we have said to them and, and have understood it really well. The two big things for me are the take-up time in a conversation, so allowing people to process what's been said and manage their emotions in that. I think if we push people, whether it's a parent or a, 
an athlete or even another member of support staff, when we push people, they don't have a chance to terms with their emotions and then to regulate and manage their emotions. And then the second thing is just to check for understanding, because I think sometimes when when we hear that, our we hear bad news, we hear information, we don't hear the full picture. So it's very useful just to ask someone to play back. And I told you a lesson I learned a long time ago is to make sure there's time in the meeting to do that, because as you said, often when you're hurried at the end, there isn't enough time. So the two big things that I've heard from that. So I really appreciate those top tips. Thanks, Gordon. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thank you for having me again. No problem. Thanks again. Take care. Join us at ukcoaching.org. Whatever you're doing to help people be active and improve, we can help you deliver great coaching experiences at a time to suit you.